0: Welcome to the Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. In today's message, Dr. Forrest presents his teaching, Things to Know Before You Go. Amen. The title of my message this morning is Things to Know Before You Go. Go into all the world. Y'all do get that, right? You know, we've all heard inspiring messages about the Great Commission going out in all the world and preaching the gospel with signs, wonders, and miracles confirming the word that we preach. We've all heard those type of messages, and they're good, and we should preach that way. We should fire the people up to do such things because it is a fundamental part of our vision as the church. But also here as the Church of Faith Live Fellowship, it's part of our vision to be a church that's like that, that believes God for signs, wonders, and miracles. But if we're going to be that kind of church, if we're going to be known as that kind of church, there are some things we need to know before we take the gospel into our world, our circle of influence. Amen. Not everybody's called to go to Africa. But everybody, I'm pretty sure, is called to go into your world, your circle of influence, where you can touch the lives of other people for the gospel. Amen? So I want to talk for a minute about the power of God in general. And I realize this is primarily a spirit-filled crowd, but I do know that sometimes denominational folks will dial into our podcast and listen. So the first thing I want to emphasize before we begin is this, you don't need to take the gospel anywhere, whether locally or internationally, until you follow Jesus' instructions and get the power that he had when he walked on the earth. Luke 24, 49 makes that clear. New King James, all of the verses in this lesson will be New King James today. Jesus said to his followers, one of the last things he told them before he left to go into heaven. He said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Now, I just want to camp there for a minute, unpack it just a little bit. The word there, tarry, actually means wait. And the word they're endued with, actually both of those words in the Greek, uh, it means to be clothed with. Amen. So you could read this verse like this. Behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. Amen. The resurrection power of God. Don't leave home without it. Amen. Leave your credit cards, but don't leave the power behind. Amen. So if you're listening and you haven't yet received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, ask Jesus to baptize you with the Holy Spirit before you take the gospel anywhere. Amen. So beyond that, Relatively fundamental basic requirement. There are some things that we can take with us. A revelation inside of us. That will boost our confidence in our ability. To release the resurrection power. As we preach or share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. So I've picked a few passages of scripture that have really been speaking to me lately, and I want to lay them out for you to give you some of the revelation that I'm talking about. Primarily, the greatest revelation you need is that the resurrection of power of God resides on the inside of you and me, if you're born again, if you're filled with the Spirit. There's not just power in there. There's raising from the dead power in there on the inside of you. Amen. Amen. So as we go through these passages, we'll be we'll be looking for nuggets of truth that reinforce the reality that the power of God is amazing and it lives within each of us as born again spirit filled believers. We do not realize what is in us. If we did, we'd be acting differently differently. You know, we've done this type of message before. I call it a hybrid message. It's a combination of verse by verse. Some people call that expository teaching and a topical teaching focusing on things we need to know before we go into all the world. Amen. Did y'all get that? There'll be a test on that afterwards. (laughs) Matthew 28. Verse 1 through 20, it's the entire chapter, and it's chocked full of things we need to know before we go. Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. I just think that's cool. I'm going to roll this thing over with my great strength, and I'm going to sit here and watch what happens. Amen. Verse 3, his countenance was like lightning, and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. They were incapacitated. Amen. But the angel answered and said to the women, all these men, guards, they're all laid out. And the women are like paying attention. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for He is risen as He said. Come see the place where the Lord lay. Amen. And go quickly and tell His disciples that He has risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. It's kind of like the guy in the Mandalorian. I have spoken. Remember that guy? So the first thing that jumps out of me in these first seven verses is this. Anywhere there is resurrection power at work, you will find angels actively involved in the display of that power moving things, revealing things, communicating things that are necessary for the power of God to have full effect where it is released. Amen. So as you go out into your world, you should be aware that there's resurrection power living on the inside of you. Amen. Romans 8:11 says, "The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you." Amen. And I say there are angels that hearken to the word that you speak as you go out into your world. And when you speak, resurrection power is released and angels go to work, amen, to maximize the effect of that resurrection power that is released. Psalm 103.20 says the angels excel in strength And they hearken to the voice of the Word of God. So when your words echo the Word of God, angels go to work. Amen. To maximize the resurrection power that you carry as it is released. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's good to know that angels are there working with you. Amen. They are fellow warriors. That's the way I think about it. I got a warrior background. I was a military fighter and bomber pilot. So I think in terms of warrior concepts, they're my fellow warriors. Amen. Fighting the same fight, fighting against the same enemy. Amen. And they are active when we release resurrection power as we go out into the world and preach the gospel. Verse eight. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples word this i love this and as they went to tell his disciples behold jesus met them saying rejoice i'm alive so they came and held him by the feet and worshiped him i wish i could go back in time and just live 1 minute of that atmosphere on that day amen it must have been glorious then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Awesome. You know, the angel told the women that Jesus was alive, and and now Jesus shows up to tell them in person. And I love how Jesus confirms the instructions that the angel had given to the women. Go and tell my brethren to meet me in Galilee, amen, where it all started three and a half years ago. I got some important things I need to talk to you about. Verse 11. Now, while they were going, behold, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priest all the things that happened. You know, some of them evidently kept it to themselves. But some of the guards went and told their superiors what they saw and what they heard. When they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers, saying, tell them his disciples came at night and stole him away while we slept. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will appease him and make you secure. In other words, we're going to take care of you if you will perpetrate this lie for us. Amen? Verse 15 says, so they took the money, and did as they were instructed, and this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. And I'm telling you, that lie still lives in Israel. When Trish and I were in Jerusalem in the, in the 1980s, we went with a tour group to some of the ruins that dated back to the time of Solomon. And the tour guide was doing her job and explaining this and that. And then all of a sudden she had a random moment and she turned around. She was right in front of me. And the tour guide said, they're always digging around here. There's always excavations everywhere in this city. Who knows? One of these days they might find the bones of Jesus. I turned to Trish and I said, they'll never find those bones. Back in those days, I wasn't as bold as I am today. I would have said it loud and clear. Amen. You'll never find those bones. Keep on digging. Amen. But beyond the lie that is represented here that Jesus was not raised from the dead, there's something else we can learn. Listen to me. Those guards were at the tomb when the stone was rolled away, when the earth shook, and when the angel appeared and told the women that Jesus was raised from the dead. They were there. They might have been incapacitated, but I believe they saw and heard everything that happened. And they reported it to their superiors who evidently thought their story was so compelling that they gave them large sums of money to bribe them into saying that his disciples stole the body of Jesus while they were asleep. You know, our tour guide that day all but admitted that they had never found the body of Jesus. But she was still too hard-hearted to investigate for herself. There were people then and there are people now who will not believe even when the resurrection power of God is on display no matter what the evidence. And you will encounter people like this when you go out there and share the gospel. Listen, don't get frustrated. All you can do is give them the truth and pray that the scales will fall from their eyes and one day they will believe. Go to the next person. Verse 16, then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Let me read that again because that's that's a pretty amazing statement. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. You know, even in his resurrected form, There were some who doubted. They either doubted that it was Jesus or they doubted that he was dead and came back to life. But they doubted. That says to me that if people who saw Jesus in his resurrected form had doubts, then we who do not normally see him in resurrected form are going to have our doubts as well. Amen. But we need to stand against those doubts and have it firmly established in our hearts that Jesus is not only alive, but he's alive in us with resurrection power. Hallelujah. You got to settle that in your mind before you go. Verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. You've heard the joke. You look up the Greek word for all there, and it's all. It means all. Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Nothing was left out. Jesus makes it clear to his followers that all authority in heaven and And on earth has been given unto him. He then turns around and delegates that power, that authority to the church to be used to baptize and make disciples all over the world. Listen to verse 19. Go therefore. Sometimes as I think you mentioned when you preach, you got to know what the therefore is there for. In this case, it's hearkening back to verse 18, which says all authority was given to Jesus. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Not only has He given us resurrected power, but He has given us authority to release it. And not just representing Jesus, but representing the Godhead, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We need to carry this truth with us as we go so that we have confidence to minister with the same authority and the same power that Jesus had when he was on the earth. Amen? Verse 20. It's just a gem. Verse 20. Jesus goes on to say, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let me break that down. We need to teach our disciples to do the things that Jesus taught our predecessors to do when they preached the gospel or what we should also be doing. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. That's what he said to the 12 that he sent two by two out into Galilee in Matthew chapter 10, verse 8. And here's one last important thing to know that we can glean from this chapter. Jesus said he would be with us even to the end of the age. That word there translated as age is the word eon in the Greek, and it means a fixed age or period of time. In this case, I am convinced it is referring to the church age in which we live, the age of grace the church age, the church era. In other words, Jesus will be with us in spirit in all that we do as we preach the gospel, including signs, wonders, miracles, until he comes again bodily to close out the church age and rapture the church, amen? Now, as I said, the passage we just read was the entire 28th chapter of Matthew, and it contains a lot of things to know before we go. But there's more. The next passage we're going to read is from Mark chapter 16, where Jesus appears in resurrected form to the 11 disciples that were left after Judas hanged himself. And he gives them what I call a tabletop assignment that would serve as a mission statement for them to essentially pick up the baton from Jesus and run with it and spread the gospel all over the world. Interestingly enough, he starts out by rebuking them for being slow to believe that he was risen from the dead, just as he said he would be. Mark 16, verse 14 through 20. Later, he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table. And he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. So here the disciples are reminded that they needed to shore up all their doubts about the resurrection power that was about to be given to them before they took the message of the gospel to the world. You got to get it settled in your heart. There are things you got to know before you go. How much more should we, as born-again, spirit-filled believers, shore up all our doubts about the resurrection power that has already been given to us? Amen. Before we take the gospel into our world. Amen. Verse 15. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those that believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. I love how Jesus lists the first two, the most controversial of all the gifts of the spirit. He's just like, let's just get this on here. They will cast out demons. They will talk with tongues. And all the religious people just freak out. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. I cannot pass up a chance to sort of unpack this a little bit so that you got some understanding about what's actually being said here. They will take up serpents. This does not mean bring a box of rattlesnakes to your worship service, take them to the altar, and take turns picking those rattlesnakes up and holding them to your face. That is ignorance. That is foolishness. Let me tell you what's going on here. They will take up serpents. That word there, take up, is the same Greek word that Jesus said to the man at the pool of Bethesda who had been lame for 38 years. He said, take up your bed and walk. Take up means to take up and take away. I interpret it this way. They will take up, they will contend with serpents, which is a metaphor for demonic spirits. You will wage warfare against demonic spirits. You have authority to do so, okay? Doesn't that make a whole lot more sense than holding snakes up to your face for heaven's sakes? And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. That's another thing they do. Not only do they hold up rattlesnakes, but they take pure strychnine, in some cases enough to kill ten horses, and they sip it at the altar in worship of Jesus. Again, what utter foolishness. Let me tell you what's going on here. He knew that they were going to go out into the world, and there were remote parts of the world where people were not friendly. They were not only not friendly to the gospel, they were not friendly to strangers of any kind. Let me tell you a story about Mel Tari, an Indonesian man who got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit back in the 60s. And he led a revival there that transformed the island chain of Indonesia uh, for the gospel of Jesus Christ. They would take teams of evangelists and go and hike through the jungle. They would island hop from island to island and they would go into these remote areas and they would preach to these savages the gospel of Jesus Christ. In one particular village that I read about, they went in there, they preached the gospel, they said, let us serve you a meal and give you something to drink. And all of them ate and drank. And they found out later there was enough poison in their, their drink to kill 10 men. Yet none of them suffered any ill effects whatsoever. As a result, the chief of the tribe realized that the power of God was on them and said, we need to worship their God, and the whole village got saved. Isn't that a better application of that scripture right there? Amen. Hallelujah. It means that in the course of the gospel, you may end up drinking or eating something that was meant for your harm, but if you're out there preaching the gospel, Jesus says, we'll take care of it. It won't hurt you. It won't harm you in any way. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Did you hear that? They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Well, Brother Scott, I don't have a healing anointing. My hands don't get hot, and I know to pray for the the sick. Nothing like that happens to me. You know what? It doesn't matter. Jesus said, You shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Why don't you go forth in faith, in obedience to Jesus' word, lay hands on the sick, and if a gift of the Spirit manifests, great. If the anointing comes on you, great. But first, go by faith, in obedience to the word of Jesus. And watch what will happen, amen. I tell you what, I fired myself up this morning. If I was the least bit depressed, it's gone now. Amen. Verse 19 says, So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. Amen. Jesus went to heaven. The baton was handed to the disciples. They got their act together and they did exactly what they were told to do. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Another wonderful verse 20 right here. And they went out and preached everywhere. I did look this one up in the Greek, and it means everywhere, in all places. I really did look it up. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. So we're going to camp here for a minute. I'm going to go through the Greek, and you all just hang with me because you're going to love this. You know, the Greek word translated everywhere, I've already said, it means everywhere. It means in all places, amen? The Greek word translated here as working with is the origin of our English word synergy. And it means to be a fellow worker, to work together towards a common goal. The Greek word translated as confirming means to firmly establish And finally, the Greek word translated as signs means signs, wonders, and miracles. Amen. Think about what that means. Everywhere they went, the Lord was working with them, in synergy with them, and confirming or establishing the word that they preached with signs, wonders, and miracles, following or accompanying them. And one more thing you need to notice. Verse 20 ends with the word amen, which means so be it. So be it to what? So be it to this. Everywhere they went, the Lord was working with them and confirming or firmly establishing the word that they preached with signs, wonders, and miracles following or accompanying them. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. If you don't remember another nugget or another thing to know before you go, I want to make sure you remember this one. Personalize it. Make it a declaration. Help us establish a culture here at Faith Life Fellowship and with everyone who calls this church their home. Say it like this. So be it. That everywhere we go, we preach the gospel. And everywhere we preach the gospel, the Lord is working with us, confirming and firmly establishing the word that we preach with signs, wonders, and miracles following or accompanying us. Amen. Amen in front and amen at the back. Amen. So be it. I'm going to figure out a way to put this up on the wall somewhere. I just have to get it past my wife. It's got to be decorative in some way. But we're going to do it. Amen. So before we wrap this up, let me give you one more scripture passage. It's a shorter one that reinforces what we just discussed as your major takeaway, your greatest thing to know before you go. Amen. Jesus is working with you. Amen. You are not alone when you go out there and preach the gospel. He is working with you specifically in signs, wonders, and miracles. Amen. John 14, I think we'll just read verse 12. Jesus said to his disciples, Most assuredly, I say to you, He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. Amen. Do you see yourself doing the greater works of Jesus? Did you know Jesus raised three people from the dead? There were many that were maimed, and he made them whole. That means that limbs grew out where they weren't there before. He cleansed numerous lepers. Amen. The eyes of the blind, even those that were born blind, began to see. The deaf heard. The mute spoke. And people were healed, set free, and delivered everywhere he went. In fact, one gospel writer says if we tried to put everything he did into a library, there's not a library in the world that could hold all all the books that would be said. So he did a lot of signs, wonders, and miracles. And yet he says, you will do greater works than I did. I personally believe that means as the body of Christ, we will do more in number. But I believe it can also mean that we will actually do more than what Jesus did. I met a man at a pastor's conference in 1996. He was an Indian man. He was overseer of a thousand churches in India. And he was in his... 40s, this is back in the 90s, and it already raised 25 people from the dead in India. Hotbed of false religion. No telling what his total is now. I'm pretty sure he's still alive and kicking. That's what I call following John 14:12. I'm not just going to do the works of Jesus. I'm going to do greater works than he did. Listen, Jesus doesn't mind. He's not upset. He's the one who said we would do it. Amen. That's the way he set it up. I'm going to the Father and I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit so it is really better for you if I leave because when I leave, you're going to get better results than I did. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So this morning, let's walk out of this place And let's remember some of the things we need to know before we go into all the world and preach the gospel. Amen? Amen. We hope you enjoyed Dr. Forrest's message, Things to Know Before You Go. If you're in the Wilmington area and are looking for a place to worship, come join us. On Sunday at 10 a.m. for coffee and fellowship, and 10:30 for worship and service. If you would like to learn more about us and hear more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, visit our website at gofaithlife.com. Also, visit and like our Facebook page at Faith Life Wilmington.